Hey everyone, welcome back to another video from A Man Talks NRL Supercoach. Sorry guys for the delay in this one, just been things have been crazy at work, but really glad to talk some Supercoach and an amazing set of origin game one. Obviously as a New South Wales fan, very, very happy with that big 50-6 point win for the Blues and hopefully we can keep that up for game two and three and maybe we'll go for a whitewash, who knows, although next game in Suncorp, you know, we can never really bet against Queensland. I'm sure they're going to come back with a much better attitude, um, so there's no way that the Blues can rest in their laurels in my opinion and that would be the worst thing I think for us to do. But hopefully, um, you know, this week you guys aren't too hit, um, aren't hit too hard. Sorry, by you know, set of Origin players, you know, backing up and you know being rested, etc. I think this week is going to be potentially even more challenging than round 13, given the amount of players who are out. I'm definitely also feeling the pinch as well. Maybe probably showing. Hopefully, if you've got some good squad depth, uh, you'll be able to do well this week. If you guys do enjoy the video, as always, would really appreciate a thumbs up and do please consider subscribing to the channel as well if you haven't already. As we'll put more videos out through the 2021 Supercoach season, we'll call this round 14 the preview trade targets or is it time to hop on the bunnies sorry guys i just had to throw that pun in there so instead of just going through the whole team this tuesday kind of highlights i think that's probably been covered quite a bit you know by other podcasters otherwise on nrl.com i think probably what's probably maybe going to be more useful is to kind of give a, a quicker wrap up uh, on what we know so far in terms of who's going to be backing up from setup origin game one um, i'm recording on thursday night and fortunately being a bit late this week, I've actually been able to get a little bit more concrete news, which is really useful. So the big news for Manly is that Tom Dvorovic is out. He won't be playing um, this week against the Cowboys. So really, really a big blow um, for anyone who held on to Turbo. And apologies, last week I had a big, big, long section talking about why he should probably sell Tedesco over Turbo. And if we just quickly jump to the Roosters there, um, based on a video press conference from Trent Robertson, it does look promising that Tedesco will actually play against the Titans. Apparently he flew straight um, from... Uh, sorry, from Townsville straight to the Gold Coast. Um, so apparently he had a couple of niggles going into game one, but he's pulled out pretty uh, pretty good. Um, and apparently he's he's fit to play, um, but obviously still wait uh, on final team news come Saturday when they play. Uh, but yeah, it looks like the signs are good for Teddy and not so good for Turbo for missing this week. So apologies for trying to maybe convince everyone that Teddy was the one to sell instead of Turbo. Although Turbo you'd probably still want for next week and the week after as well for sure. Big news out of the Penrith Panthers is that Cleary, Luai, To'o, Capel and Isaiah Yo have all been ruled out of their game against the Sharks this week. Um, Liam Martin is the only guy from Origin who will be playing for the Panthers and this does make sense, uh, you know, given that he didn't play that many minutes coming off the bench. This really is a big blow for someone like me as well who owns both uh, Luai. Um, obviously, most people would own Cleary as well. Luai not playing this week definitely hurts me um, and I don't have a 5-8 at the moment so we'll get into that in terms of my potential trade plans and I'm, I think I probably won't be the only one who's in this situation um, this week for sure. Um, out of the Rabbitohs, you know, Dan Gagai and uh, Jai Arrow have both been ruled out. Um, there's some, actually some news that Dan Gagai potentially might even have like a fractured or broken hand. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on in terms of um, potentially how long that might be um, and see whether that impacts the Rabbitohs left edge because the Rabbitohs are definitely a team that are getting a lot of investment this week. Cam Murray, Damien Cook, um, it's, we're not quite sure yet still if they're going to play. I mean, Cook probably still might because I, I, I don't think the Rabbitohs have got great depth at um, hooker. Um, Cam Murray, it looked like he had a bit of a head knock at some stage, so he could be unlikely or he could just potentially get his minutes managed. Um, Jaden Sua, I don't think played too many minutes off the bench, so he potentially might play. Um, and Latrell, obviously, he had a fantastic game. Um, he probably looked like he could go for another 80 minutes. I think Latrell potentially has a good shot at backing up, um, but it might just be a bit more of like a game where he's kind of in cruise control and doesn't do so much. But coming up against the um, uh, the Knights this week, uh, the Rabbitohs, you know, he might not have to do much and get a big super coach score, uh, super coach score himself. 
Um, out of the storm, I think the big news for them was that Christian Welch, who did fail his HIA very, very early into the uh, start of Origin Game 1. And I don't feel like that's being talked about enough and that he really has, was a big blow for the Maroons in being excluded, or sorry, being, um, you know, failing his HIA so early in the game. You know, he's got a great work rate um, and his offloads are really, really dangerous. Um, and I think that probably would have been really um, dangerous for Queensland. Um, uh, in the second half of that game, you know, his late offloads would really, really have um, been beneficial for them uh, and really would have hurt New South Wales. But so he's out with a failed HIA. Potentially he's um, uh, in some doubt for game two as well. Uh, and I've got Christian Welch on my team, so definitely something to consider in terms of what to do with him. Um, Harry Grant and uh, Cam Munster, it's kind of to be confirmed still what their uh, role is going to be. I, I would expect Munster to pull you back up. You know, he, um, you know, most of the Maroons were kept relatively quiet, and I think Munster probably just wants to play. You know, he was, he's, he's also coming back off some time off, so I think a bit more minutes in his legs might be good for him. So I think he'll play. Grant probably will play, in my opinion, as well, um, but he might just have his minutes managed a little bit more, given that they've got Brandon Smith, who's obviously a very able replacement. Um, and finally, from the Gold Coast Titans, um, we have um, Mofo Waker, who actually had a great game, but yeah, apparently he's been ruled out uh, through a suspension from the set of Origin Game 1. Uh, Tino and Fafita, the other two kind of super coach relevant guys, probably Fafita more so. Fafita did uh, go off a HIA early in Game 1, but he did come back on, and I don't think there was any more news out of that, so he probably was okay um, after that little um, you know period off the field. Um, I do have a feeling that the Titans are going to want um, both of these guys to back up, given just, I think... You know, Fafita, the reliance they have on him and also with Tino. Um, and they haven't been going very, very good the past few weeks. And a big, big game coming up against the Roosters. I think the pair of them will play. Potentially, they might get their minutes managed. You know, Fafita might play maybe 60. Tino might play 40 or 50. But I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised to see them be named and to start against the Roosters this week. So I guess the first kind of talking point that we'll get into is Charlie Staines. Is it time to say see you later? So Staines obviously has been very, very hot and cold. A lot of people would have been really disappointed last week with his 26-point game in the bye week. I mean, he had nine before updates and magically got up to 26. I don't know how that happened, but he's definitely on the chopping block um, for a lot of um, for a lot of super coaches. Uh, and the, the center wing position definitely has a few good candidates um, for this week and also in the next few weeks coming up as well. I would just quickly mention that Charlie Sands, his career average against the Sharks is 137. Um, that game where he scored five tries, then he scored, I think, a double earlier this game. Um, sorry, earlier this season. I think so. He's had 150-something and 107, uh, 115 against the Sharks. So his career average is 137. Take that what you will. But it is worthwhile noting, obviously, that the Panthers won't be having any of their big guns, um, like Cleary, Luai, To'o, uh, Capel, etc. So how good are they going to be? We saw the Panthers were very, very clunky last week against the Tigers. So I wouldn't put too much stock into that 137-point average. Um, but also his break-in is around 40 um, stains, that is. So you know, he's not an immediate trade-out, I think. Um, but obviously, if you're looking to bring in one of these you know, real high upside center wings, obviously stands as a perfect trade-out candidate. Definitely someone I'm also looking to consider selling this week as well. Um, so I guess the first kind of player we'll talk about is Alex Johnson. I think he's, I think he is the most popular center wing purchase this, uh, this week. And to me, it makes you know, complete sense. He scored 156, I think it was, in the last game that he's played. Um, he's got a th that's obviously bumped up his three-round average quite a bit to 75. 462k is a pretty appealing price. Um, you know, Stans I think is very similarly priced as well. So you're not really spending that much money to go to a Johnson. Um, break-even of zero, so he's definitely going to go up in money. Um, and with that big 156, you'd expect next week his break-even is actually going to be negative. So he's definitely going to be making a lot of cash in the next few weeks. Um, and the main thing is obviously that draw. This is why everyone is jumping on the uh, the Rabbitohs players. Knights, Broncos, Tigers, Cowboys, and Bulldogs in the next five weeks. 
Um, and I think the game after the Bulldogs, I can't quite remember what it is. It might be the Sharks, actually. Uh, it's still a very decent game. I don't think they actually play a, a strong team until round 20, uh, which I think is the Melbourne Storm. So I think the, the Rabbitohs draw long-term and through round 17. Obviously, he provides that coverage. is a big reason why a lot of players are going for him. Um, I think with Johnson, I've kind of highlighted this before when I've spoken about him, also in the preseason. He really does need to get uh, tries um, to get those really, really big scores because his base stats is not, are not great. I think his base stat averages around uh, 15 to 20. Um, so, you know, I think you just kind of have to be prepared potentially for these low games. You know, maybe if you've got other center wings who've got better base stats, you know, you can kind of provide a, set, a decent floor. You can obviously, you know, throw a dart at like a Alex Johnston. Um, and we saw last week, obviously, sorry, not last week, the, his last game. You know, 156, he definitely has that high upside. Um, and I think most people will just look at these games and think, he could easily get a double, you know, those five games, he could easily get like 10, 11 tries, um, and he could be averaging like 70, 80 points in that period of time. So I think he is a very, very good purchase and a good trade-in target this week, um, mainly I think because of his price and because of his, um, uh, that 156 in his low, um, sorry, in his rolling average, his break-evens are going to be very, very low for the next few weeks. Therefore, I think he's going to be very hard to um, get in terms of price if you don't go for him this week. So I think he is a fantastic trading target, and I really like that draw for the Rabbitohs and, um, you know, Rabbitohs players in general. And I think Johnson, just if you are willing to, you know, potentially um, have those 20 to 25-point games but thrown in with some 80s and 90s, I think he's a great purchase as long as you know that going into buying him. Jesse Raymond is another guy who's getting a lot of talk um, from the Sharks. This week, obviously, coming up against the Panthers, who are obviously under strength, as we now know. He could still be a great purchase, even for this week. He's got a break-even of 53, 510k, so he's a little bit higher priced uh, than Alex Johnston, but he also benefits from a good draw after this game against the Panthers. Cowboys, Broncos, Warriors, and Raiders in the next five is, um, sorry, those in the next four of the five. Uh, very, very good draw, and their draw actually extends um, quite a bit beyond that as well, up until like I think round 22. So he's definitely one of those guys who you can uh, bring in to cover round 17 as well, and also is a decent hold for the rest of the season. The thing with Raymond is that he's been putting up fantastic statistics uh, compared to like a Johnson who has been relying on the tries. So Jesse Raymond, in games that he's been playing, um, you know, the full 80 minutes, he's, he's got like a base and power average of 54 four and a half so base and power is basically his uh, base stats you know like tackles and runs combined with tackle breaking and offloading that's his um, power statistic so he's essentially kind of having a floor of about 50 to 55 which is crazy when you think about it um, and with these easy games you know playing off the back of Sean Johnson who's you know coming back from his injury but obviously is looking pretty good I think Jesse Raymond obviously has big big potential um, for big scores in the next uh, few weeks uh, and so I think he's a great trade in target as well. Uh, he's going to be a little bit less owned, I think, than Alex Johnson, who is looking by far and away the most popular purchase this week. Obviously, I think a lot of people, understandably, will look at um, the break-even of Johnson versus Ramian and say, well, Johnson's got the lower break-even, so I should be prioritizing him first. And I think that's fair enough. But Ramian, I think you can go earlier. Um, I think you can afford to go early on him if you're, say, tossing up between the two. And if you want to go for maybe, maybe more of a point of difference, I think you could go for Ramian because... I don't think a lot of people are going to be bringing him in against the Panthers. But, you know, Panthers under strength. I think if you can get an extra week out of Raymond where, and, you know, you're banking on potentially the Rabbitohs not doing so well, then I think that, that move could work for you. But I think Raymond is a great trade and target in the next, either this week or in the next few weeks, definitely. 
Um, next up here, I've got Joseph Suwali. Obviously, with this news that Tedesco is more likely to play, that probably means Suwali is less likely to play this week. Um, although there has, I have heard some talks that potentially Matt Ikevalu could actually drop out, um, and that might see Suwali move on to the wing. So definitely would be waiting on team news for that. I brought in Suwali last week actually for Dave Fuzzer's tour, um, just mainly obviously to create some money and also just to get ahead and hopefully bank on the fact I was banking on the fact that Teddy might actually not play this week and then I'd be able to get in Suwali or sorry have Suwali already sit, uh, sitting there in my team uh, and give me the flexibility to do two other trades this week not mad about it even if Suwali doesn't play this week he should hopefully play in round 17 when you know Tedesco definitely won't play for the Roosters um, and in round 17 the, the Roosters are versing the Bulldogs fantastic game I think you want Suwali in for so he's just one of those guys who's like a cheap cheap center wing hopefully he's a good cash gal um, and you know if you're able to I would maybe if you're really keen on him um, and you don't want to miss out on his first price rise because that will happen after his next game maybe potentially factor that into your trade plans maybe keep a trade up your sleeve if you can so that you can do a late switch to maybe a Charlie Stance to Swali that's a very very popular trade you know you bank like 250k or something like that um, and you know get the price rises out of Suwali plus a good matchup against the Bulldogs in round 17 um, maybe he might get a little bit more game time if this Ikevalu rumor is true obviously the Panthers and the Storm in round 15 and 16 when both of those teams are going to be at full strength aren't great games but you wouldn't be playing him in those matchups it's more of a create money trade plus a number to cover in round 17 so I think Suwali just view him like that um, and he's still a great trade and target one kind of center wing I've just got here is a bit of a bit of a fun, you know, point of difference pick as well is John Rapana. So prior to him having an injury, um, he was averaging very, very well. I think his three round average is only fifty two, but beyond that, I think his overall season average is around sixty three. So he's actually been one of the better performing center wings, which is um quite unbelievable, you know, um, out of Rapana. Five hundred thirty eight K, so he's obviously the most expensive of the guys that I've got here. And he's got 117 break even. So he's definitely someone you can't afford to wait a week on. You know, more likely he's going to not reach that 117 point break even. And he'll go down in price. But the Raiders draw as well is very, very nice. You know, the Broncos, Dragons, Titans, Manly, and the Sharks um, in the next five weeks. Very, very good games. I think the toughest game there is probably maybe the Sea Eagles in round 17. But that will be a team, that'll be a Manly Sea Eagles team without Tom Tavojevic, without Jake Tavojevic. So, you know... It's a definitely an understrength manly Seagull team. Sorry, no Cherry Evans as well. Um, and the Raiders will have almost all of their full contingent, apart from maybe a Jack Wyden if he again is picked for New South Wales. So I think Rapana is a good maybe point of difference center wing to consider as well if you're looking to trade out Charlie Staines. But I think the two pick of the bunch here is uh, Alex Johnson and Jesse Ramian. So the next kind of top trade out target is Mitch Barnett. Is it time to say bye? So everyone's really, really frustrated with Mitch Barnett and you know the way that uh, Adam O'Brien is using him at the night, you know, playing at lock, you know, only 40 to 50 minutes has not been the best in the past few weeks. And I think a lot of people have been looking to trade him out. Um, and I can understand that, you know, concern as to why, and sorry, the concern and also why you're just kind of keen to just get rid of him in your team. So I've kind of put three potentially good second row forward uh, replacements for Mitch Barnett. So the first guy that I've got here is Toe Harris. I think if you're in that kind of, you know, vein of you know, if you're just wanting to lock in a second row forward gun who you can hold for the rest of the season, who will cover round 17, don't look any further than Toe Harris. He's the guy to go for, but he can wait a week. Coming up against the Melbourne Storm, albeit maybe a slightly weakened Melbourne Storm, but the Storm of the Storm, you know, 
Uh, Harris is going to break even to 112, which I don't think he'll meet. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a good chance that he'll go down in price this week. You know, Mitch Barnett's break even to 67. So even if he smashes out like a 55, hopefully, he shouldn't go down too much in price. And I think, you know, you'll be able to bridge the gap between Barnett and Toe Harris a little bit easier next week. But I think if you're just looking to lock in someone who you can have for the rest of the season, then a Mitch Barnett to Toe Harris trade, in my opinion, is a really, really solid move. The next guy who is very, very popular as a trade-in target for this week, and I I, I do endorse it actually as well, Mitch Barnett to Corey Harionaira. So Harionaira has got a price of 465k, so he's only 5k more expensive than Mitch Barnett, break-even of 18, and a three-round average of 77. Uh, so it's been six weeks now, I think, that he's actually started this, um, you know, his run back in the Raiders' side. Playing 80 minutes, he hasn't played less than 80 minutes all season so far. So really, really great sign um, that he's got that position locked down on the edge for the Raiders. Um, and what's been the most uh, appealing thing about him in the past few weeks uh, are the base stats that he's racking up in the past uh, three games. So normally he doesn't really have the high base stats, and he didn't for the first three games of the season. Potentially he was maybe just getting into some more match fitness. But the past three games, he's got a base average of 55 points per game, which is a really, really solid floor to work off. And just as I highlighted with Rapana just before, the Raiders have a very good draw coming up. So you know, I think playing on the edge, you are prone to get more attacking stats than, say, playing in the middle. Um, and something I've kind of mentioned before in the past is that with the Raiders, they definitely seem like they always have their forwards actually scoring more of the tries than, say, their centers or their wingers, <coughs> Bailey Simonson. Uh, so Corey Harrow could actually potentially get some uh, good attacking stats in the next few weeks, combined with that really good base. I think he's a great trade and target for Mitch Barnett. Um, you know, very, very good value. I think obviously a lot of people who jumped on him at 300k, they've done very, very well. I obviously was a bit, I was a bit of a naysayer at that point in time, but you know, I think it's still at 465k, he is still offering good, good value. It definitely could be one of those guys you plug in as like your fourth or your fifth second row forward for the run home, because I think the squad depth is really, really important now as we're seeing the crackdowns on suspensions. You know, HIAs are always prevalent. Uh, restings around Origin also at the back end of the season. So I think having like a Harry Unara as your fourth or fifth um, second row forward uh, is a great uh, great option to have. He'll cover around 17. So I think CHN is a fantastic trade and target this week. Uh, finally, one person I've highlighted here is Angus Crichton. I know Angus Crichton, probably, I think the majority of people who would have had him the past few weeks have hold, have, have held him um, and haven't sold him unless they have had really, really low stocks in second row forward. I haven't owned Crichton since like week two when he first got suspended. He hasn't hurt me too bad, um, but now I'm looking to get him back into the team potentially sooner rather than, la uh, than later. And I think you probably go for like an Angus Crichton over, say, a Corey Harry or Naira. If, say, maybe if, you, if you've already got a CHN, or maybe if you're, say, for example, very low on trades. Um, so at the moment, I'm on 17 trades. So I've been able to save, I think, four, three or four trades so far. Um, but if you, say, max traded and you haven't got the flexibility to you know, bring in guys to cover round 17 who then might trade out later to a gun, you might have that school of thought of just going straight to the gun that you lock in for the rest of the season, which is why I've got Angus Crichton here. If you, for some reason, don't have Crichton yet in your team and you're really looking to get him, you know, coming up against the Titans this week, after two weeks, he'll be fresh, um, and he'll probably want to be showing Fittler that he should be back in the New South Wales side, even though they put 50 points on Queensland. You know, Tarek Sims had a great game playing on the edge. I would expect that Angus Crichton probably does get back into, into the New South Wales team, uh, probably at the expense of Liam Martin. Um, so maybe Crichton comes up uh, comes back off the bench and maybe Tarek Sims retains his starting role. Either way, I think Crichton is obviously a great 
um, second row forward gun to go for. I think my view on the second row forward is that you probably got like Dave Fafita, Angus Crichton, Toe Harris is maybe your three starters for the, that you want to lock in for the rest of the season. And maybe your fourth second row forward is like a Corey Harionara. And then maybe you've got like a Josh Curran and then maybe like enough, you know, who doesn't play for you at all. That might be the good way to approach your second row forward. So I think locking in Angus Crichton the earlier the better is always a good thing. Uh, he's got a break even of 24. So it is very, very low. And I think you definitely wouldn't meet that against the Titans. And the Titans have been very, very leaky. I think Crichton definitely has an, a, a try or two in him. And so I think he could actually be in for a big score this week. So I'm potentially even maybe thinking about just going straight to Crichton. But given the fact that I think he will probably likely play a set of origin and miss round 17, I'm probably leaning more towards Corey Haru and Naira. I've already got Toe Harris in the team, so I don't have to worry about him. So I think Corey Harunar is probably the best trade-in target for Mitch Barnett. Um, and looking at the live uh, trade-ins and trade-outs, that definitely is one of the more popular trades this week. And so I think a lot of people are agreeing with my school of thought. Now, something else that's probably propped up for a lot of people this week is 5-8 Dilemmas. So I've got both of these guys, Jerome Luai and Josh Schuster, um, and neither of them are going to be playing this week, which really, really sucks. We know the 5-8 is a big, big high-scoring position, and I think it's really important to be able to cover that if you can. And so I'm in a bit of a predicament as to which one do I sell, or firstly, do I sell either of them at, either of them at all? I've put a bit of a case here to hold or sell both Luai and Schuster. For me, the Luai sell case is, well, he's had a very, very quiet last three weeks. He's playing instead of Origin, so he's not going to cover round 17 anyway. The Panthers don't play that bye week. Potentially, he might get a bit banged up. Maybe he doesn't play to his full capacity that we saw at the beginning of the season. Um, and the Panthers have got games against the Roosters and the uh, Parramatta Eels um, up until round 17 anyway. So definitely very you know tough opposition compared to some of the guys that some of these teams are playing you know in terms of the Broncos, Bulldogs etc like the um, like the Rabbitohs um, so there's definitely that case to sell Luai. Uh, the hold case is that Jerome Luai has shown that he's one of the gun 5.8s to have in your team um, and he's 445k I bought him at like 630k uh, if I sold him I'd be losing a lot of money um, and that's definitely you know something that I'm really factoring in if I do want to sell Luai. With Josh Schuster, I think the sell case for him uh, is that he's currently injured. Uh, he wasn't named on the extended bench at all, so he hasn't, well, according to that, he's not close to returning. Um, I think the word is that he was going to be back around 14, 15, so potentially he is back just next week as well. Um, so there is a bit of uncertainty around that as well. Uh, the hold case for Schuster is that he's good round 17 playing option. The manly draw is very, very good for the next few weeks. Um, this week against the Cowboys, obviously Schuster is not going to play. But then the two games after that are the Titans and the Bulldogs. Fantastic games. And if Schuster does come back into the starting team playing on an edge, he might get some good attacking stats there. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, round 17 option. So I think Schuster definitely has some good pros um, versus, say, Alua. Well, they both have their pros and cons is what I'm basically trying to say. Um, and in terms of who to replace, if you do decide to sell one of the two, Cody Walker, I think, is the obvious 5-8 trade-in target. That Rabdos draw that I highlighted before with Alex Johnson obviously benefits Cody Walker just as good. Cody Walker is at a very, very nice price, 534k, um, averaging 68 with a three-round average of 72. He's actually been very, very consistent, um, which is something I actually noted preseason in that Cody Walker, sometimes it concerns me that he's very inconsistent, but so far he obviously had one really, really bad game playing against the Storm when the Souths got absolutely drubbed, um, and he was playing at fullback, and I think he scored like 16 points. 
Um, after that, his next lowest score is 52, and that was against the Panthers. Apart from that, though, he's scored always above like 65, and he's, having, he's actually been very, very consistent. I think his highest score of the season is like 92. So he's been very, very consistent, actually very different to the Cody Walker that I normally think of uh, for Supercoach point scoring. So I think he's actually provided very, very good safe output at 5'8". So I think definitely he's looking a great trade-in target for this week. I think other 5'8 players that you might want to be considering is like a Sean Johnson. So Sean Johnson, obviously, that draw that I highlighted with Jesse Raymond is very, very attractive. Sean Johnson's also dual listed at halfback as well. So he's definitely a good point of difference consideration. Although for me, I do want to see a little bit more out of him coming back from such a long-term injury before getting on him too early. Um, just that's my own personal personal view on it. I'm a bit more conservative on that. Other good 5.8s I think to go for potentially is like a Cody Nikarima who plays in round 17. He's actually he's actually averaging a tick over Cody Walker. I think his average is around 71, um, but that is definitely of a more inconsistent um, vibe. He's had big, big games where he scored like 130, but then he's had other games where he scored like 25-30, and potentially with Reese Walsh in the team, maybe Cody Nikarima doesn't get as many of those big, big scores now that Walsh is in the team and probably hogging away some of those points. So I think Cody Walker probably is going to be the safest 5-8 to go for who covers round 17. Fantastic draw coming up. In terms of the Luai Schuster argument, I think in terms of who to sell, look, I'm so undecided at the moment. I put a poll up on Twitter earlier today asking people just to maybe give their thoughts Luai or Schuster. The overwhelming majority actually said to sell Luai. And I think a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people are probably a bit more biased in the sense that I think Luai was a great trading target for Munster a few weeks back. But ever since everyone's traded in Luai, he's had like 23, 28, 30, you know, he's had all his low scores. I had I had Luai a little bit earlier than that, so I was able to get some decent scores. So I know he has done well-ish for me, um, whereas other people, I think they've just been like, he's done nothing for me, just sell him, get rid of him. So I, for me, Luai, I think I'm leaning more towards holding him as I view him more as that season keeper, and I'll be losing so much money on him versus Schuster, who obviously they're almost very similarly priced, but Schuster, I've made a lot of money on him, so it's good. Obviously doing a round 17 playing Schuster to a round 17 playing Cody Walker doesn't make any impact in terms of adding round 17 playing options into my team, but for that, you know, I'm kind of, whatever, I'm okay with it. So I'm thinking about potentially doing Schuster to Cody Walker as one of my trades this week. Um, but honestly, guys, I'm still undecided. If you guys are in the same predicament, let me know in the comments below what your thoughts are on that. I would actually really appreciate, be really appreciative, a uh, bit of a healthy debate on that because I'm so 50-50 on this. Um, it's not funny. I'm so indecisive. So the next few sections, I'll hopefully try to go through a little bit quicker. So one thing I wanted to highlight was the kind of the woes at the number nine position in Supercoach so far. We haven't seen that many fantastic options in at the hooker position, um, or at least in recent times. You know, Harry Grant has been injured, um, and he's had a couple of games where he's had really big performances, but he's now involved in State of Origin. Reed Miney started the season super, super, super strong, um, but he's gone off the boil a little bit in the past few weeks. He scored a 73 last week, which is really handy, but he looks to be out for like three to six weeks now. Damian Cook has just been the model of inconsistency. Uh, forget Cody Walker, forget Cody Nicarima. It's Damian Cook who's been the inconsistent one so far this season. Jaden Braley started the season very well, but he's gone off the boil the past few weeks as well. Uh, and there've just been not that many good uh, hooker options. And so I think a lot of people in that you know predicament of like, well, I've got Reed Marnie, I've got Jane Braley, I've got maybe a Connor Watson. It's like, who do I go for? Especially if you're looking to target like a round 17 playing hooker. For me personally, I don't think there's any good 
round 17 tra- um round 17 sorry playing hookers i think reese robson who i've highlighted here he's potentially the best option he, he's got a um he's got a three round average of 71 uh, and a five round average of 62 although i think a lot of those points are bolstered by some attacking stats the cowboys draw to be fair is not very good sorry the cowboys draw is actually not too bad um for the next few weeks so potentially robson might do okay but he just doesn't feel like one of those guys who I want to bring in now. He'd be one of those guys who I bring in in like round 17. And also, I don't view him as a season keeper. So he would definitely be one of those people you'd have to use two trades on, in my opinion, to get him in and then get him out of your team. And I think in terms of the hook position, long term, I'd probably want to be running like a Harry Grant um, and then either a Jaden Braley, Reed Miney and a Damian Cook as one of the other three. Um, and Cook involved in origin, Reed Miney currently injured. Uh, Jaden Braley's not doing so well, so like, what the hell do we do? If you've got Reed Marnie, then I think you probably have to hold, in my opinion. He's shown enough to be considered like a season keeper, uh, and given that there's a bit of an extended break between round 15 and 16, um, because they've got in round 15, I believe, State of Origin Game 2 is played on that standalone weekend, and so his three to six week uh, recovery could actually mean that he's back by like maybe around 15 or 16 or something something like that so i haven't got all my timeline correct but i don't think he's going to be as like he's not going to be out for as long as we potentially might think so i think mine could actually be an okay hold um and i just don't think the, there's that many good other options to trade into so potentially just save the trade Obviously, I understand if you've got like a Reed Marnie and maybe like a Jake Simpkin, so neither of your hookers are playing. In that situation, I would 100% be trying to trade out Simpkin um, and, you know, just try to find money to maybe do like a Simpkin. And if you've got Connor Watson still, swap Connor Watson up to your hooker position um, and do like a Simpkin to a Cody Walker. Obviously, that's a dream scenario if you can manage that. But I think that's the way I would be playing it. Um, and you know Jaden Braley and Connor Watson that's the combination I have at hooker I've seen a lot of people who've been thinking about trading Braley or trading Watson as out as well to be honest out of Watson and Braley I'd be trading Braley first Connor Watson dual flexibility is actually really really useful um, towards the back end of the season and also currently currently as well uh, Connor Watson as well even when he only plays like maybe 40 50 minutes he still seems to punch out like 50 to 60 point scores you know he's averaging like 63 Braley though he's, he's he has been saved by a few attacking stats um, at the back end of games and not in the past three weeks but prior to that as well. So definitely I think Braley has gone off the boil a little bit. He had that really strong start to the season, but Connor Watson obviously it's not ideal. He's not playing very consistent minutes versus Braley who plays eighty. Uh, but Connor Watson I feel like he's got more of a super catch friendly game. Braley will make like forty five tackles, but he might do that. To, that's all. And so he gets 45 points. Versus Connor Watson, who might make like 25, 30 tackles, but will have some runs, he might have some tackle breaks, have some offloads. He definitely seems like he's got more potential for getting like try assist, line break assists, etc. So I think Connor Watson's actually a better hold out of Braley, unbelievably. So I think if you had one of those two and had no other real moves to make, I'd probably be trading Braley out first. But even that, who are you trading Braley to? So I think this is something I would just consider maybe with your hooker position. Maybe it's not worth trading in for maybe a round 17 playing guy because I don't think the options there are fantastic. Um, and instead, I'd probably just try to hold with what you've got um, and then just wait until you can get Harry Grant because he's the only one really that you want to be locking in for the rest of the season. Um, another small section I'll do here is like a round 17 front row forward kind of watch list. I think this is something I highlighted um, last week in my round 13 video. Instead of me potentially going for like a James Fisher-Harris who covered round 13, I could potentially wait a week uh, and maybe go for like a round 17 front row forward option. So three guys that I've got here, a bit of a, you know, a case of I don't think you have to rush to bring in these guys anytime soon, but definitely guys that you can keep an eye on 
to maybe cover your front row forward in round 17. So the first guy that I've got is Luke Thompson. Obviously, he's been spoken about quite a bit so far this season. He's been very, very consistent. He's got a healthy L average of 70, um, a three-round average of 75, and a break-even of 65. So he's probably not going to hover. He's probably going to hover around that price probably for, for the medium term. Um, I have put in there maybe watch his minutes with uh, Josh Jackson and Jack Hetherington in the team. But even with those two back, he still played 61 minutes. So I think there's probably less concern over his minutes. And I think he's probably going to be averaging around 55 to 60 for the rest of the season, barring any injury concerns, obviously. So I think Luke Thompson is a very solid front row forward target to go for. He just doesn't have quite that upside. You know, he's got one game where he scored a try and I think got 95. Um, or actually, maybe two games like that. But apart from that, he's just really your kind of meat and potatoes. Give you 65 to 70, which to be honest, you can't really scoff at though in front row forward. So I think he's a decent round 17 front row forward option. Uh, the next two I've got here is Adam Fenor Blake. Um, he's confirmed, I think, to play against the Storm this week. Um, and 506k, he's 55k cheaper than Luke Thompson um, and definitely offers really good value. He's got a three-round average of 65, um, and that three-round average I took as uh, the three games uh, excluding his injury-affected game. Um, so he's got a very healthy average. Um, he has a much more supercoach-friendly game, probably, I'd say, than Luke Thompson, because uh, Fanul Blake's more likely to get like tackle breaks and offloads, etc. So he probably has more of that high upside that people might like when they're going for like well, any player in supercoach, but also maybe like in your front row forward. The concern I do have over him is that he has had quite a few injury problems in the past couple of seasons. Um, his last season at Manly was quite injury affected, uh, and so far this season he's only played the four games for the Warriors. So that is my big concern with Fanul Blake, which is why I would not be rushing to bring him into my team. I would definitely just be keeping an eye on seeing how he goes in the next few weeks uh, before you bring him in, say, round 16 or 17. Uh, and finally, I've got Marty Tapao here as well. 580k is a little bit more expensive than these other guys here. Um, he's probably been putting up the best stats of any of these three. Well, obviously, Fanor Blake's not been playing. Um, but he's got about a 65 to 70 average in base and power statistics in the past five weeks. Very, very good draw coming up for Manly. So potentially, there are some attacking stats on offer for Tapao. He's got a high break even of 100. So I don't think he's a, you know, a immediate trade-in target for this week but definitely also someone I think who you can consider in your front row forward obviously just because they've got a highish break even definitely doesn't mean that you can't go for them you just have to maybe you know weigh up whether you can potentially afford to get them in a little bit cheaper next week but I think Tapao is also a very decent uh, front row forward trade-in target and he'd definitely be a lot more of a point of difference compared to say like a Luke Thompson. So I'll quickly also just cover off a couple of other questions that I'm expecting. So Carl Lawton from the Sea Eagles, I think he's a very popular purchase this week as he's got a negative break even. I do have concerns over his job security though. I think Schuster might come back soon into the team. Um, Curtis Sirenin will come back into the team as well. And what are his minutes going to be like, whether he goes to the bench or not? So for me, I, just, I, just, I think there's just too much risk, uh, in my opinion, to go for a Carl Lawton. In terms of any cheapies to go for this week, I think Sawali, if he does end up playing, is probably the best cheapie to go for. Um, from the Rabbitohs, you've also got Tane Milne, who's a 186k dual second row forward center wing, who's got a negative 10 break even. He probably will play in round 17, um, and also we're not sure for the next few weeks. He looks like he's, at the moment, got that right wing spot his. Um, so potentially, he could be one of those guys who is offers some good long-term potential, especially with that Rabbitohs good draw coming up. Although the Rabbitohs, we do know, like to prefer to go to their left-hand side. Um, but Tane Milne could be an okay trading target as a cheapie for this week. Uh, and finally, we've got uh, TZ Rabati. 
I think a lot of people are just going to be going for him because he had a big score last week, but that did involve two tries, which I don't think is very repeatable. Um, and I think he is still coming off the bench for the Broncos. So for me, that just doesn't interest me that much. I don't think he's going to be offering that much as a cash cow. And he won't play round 17 either as well. So we'll touch on our vice captain and captain candidates now for round 14. Uh, it definitely is a tough week. You know, without our big origin guns, we're going to have to rely on some other guys to hopefully bring big points for us in the captaincy department. Um, the guys that I've highlighted here are probably uh, first from the Roosters against the Titans. I've got Sam Walker and James Tedesco if he does actually back up. So coming up against the Titans, you know, both halfback and the fullback position are like the fifth uh, best for targeting the Titans, basically. Um, the last time that the Roos- these guys played, Sam Walker scored 11. Not fantastic, uh, but Tedesco scored 105. But we know that uh, Sam Walker has got an amazing ceiling. Um, and if you still got him in your team, he's a bit more of a point of difference now as a lot of people have sold him. So I think he could be a great VC candidate on the Saturday game against the Titans. Um, Rabbitohs boys, I think, are probably going to be the most popular vice captain and captain candidate for this week. Coming up against the Knights, you know, the Knights have been okay actually defending 5 8, um, the ninth uh, best team. But Cody Walker, you know, coming off an 83, the Rabbitohs left edge does look like it's going to be back to its old self. And, they, and the Rabbitohs do have this tendency to kind of improve at the back half of the season. It's probably a, a trait of a Wayne Bennett coach team. So potentially this might be the kickstart um, coming up against the Knights. Alex Johnson as well, you know, potentially as a sneaky vice captain if you do bring him in this week. Um, the Knights have been the second worst team at defending centers in terms of conceding super coach points. Um, and just look at that. Last round of points for Alex Johnson, 154. So he potentially could be in for a big game as well. Um, and, you know, why not just vice captain the shiny new toy that you bring into your team of like a Cody Walker or Alex Johnston? Nico Hines coming up against the Warriors playing fullback, I think is going to be a very, very popular captaincy, uh, captaincy candidate for this week as well. Um, Warriors have been fifth worst at defending fullbacks. Um, I think Nico Hines, he scored 73 last week coming up against the Titans. Uh, it looked like he had a quiet game, and he still got 73 points. So I think Nico Hines could be in for another 100-plus game um, Game here, sorry. So I think Hines, great captaincy option. Clint Gutherson, I think, coming up against the Tigers as well, if you got him into your team. Sixth worst at defending fullbacks, the Tigers are. And Gutherson coming off a big century, 121 points. I think he could be a good captaincy option as well. And finally, this is a bit more of a point of difference as well, but it's Matt Dufty. You know, if you brought in Matt Dufty last week against the Broncos, you'd be laughing. He's got 156. Um, and the Bulldogs are the third worst team at defending fullbacks. So Dufty could be another great captaincy option and a real point of difference because I don't think too many people would have gone for him. But out of this kind of list here, obviously, you know, if Tur- Turbo is playing, you know, Cleary is playing, they're definitely the guys that you probably would be favouring. Uh, um, the way that my team's set up at the moment, um, if I do end up bringing in Cody Walker, I will probably vice-captain Cody Walker, and then I'll have to make a decision as to whether I captain Nico Hines or Gutherson. Um, at the moment, I would probably be leaning uh, towards Hines, because uh, towards Hines, sorry, because um, with Munster back, potentially Grant back, potentially as well, um, and Hines with the goal kicking, I think he could be in for a big game against the Warriors. So that's the way I'm kind of playing it this week. If I don't end up getting like a Cody Walker or an Alex Johnston, um, if Teddy does play, I'll pull your vice captain James Tedesco. Alright, so we'll get into the player break-evens now as well. For the Broncos, you know, TC Rabadi, as I mentioned, he's a very popular trade-in target with a negative 49 break-even, but I've given my thoughts, I don't think he's going to be a great um, long-term cheapy option. Albert Kelly actually had a very good game last week against the uh, Dragons in the first half at least. He's got a 13 break-even. Maybe you could have him as a 5-8 replacement as well. Um, for a Luai or a Schuster, although I don't think I'd be bringing in Albert Kelly 
uh, if you could go for a Cody Walker instead. We've seen how what Carmichael Hunt is back for the Broncos. That's another halves combination. Albert Kelly could be the next one to go for all we know. So I just don't think I'd be going for Albert Kelly. There's just too much risk of a losing his spot there, for my opinion. Um, on the high break-even side out of the Broncos, we've got Jermaine Asako with 137 break-even. He just looks a perfect candidate to sell this week as well. You know, he's been dropped out of the Broncos. He just had an abysmal game against the Dragons, one that he definitely would like to get back. And so I think Asako is an easy sell, in my opinion, especially with that high break-even. Out of the Bulldogs, we've got Aaron Shoup with the lowest break-even of a minus 24. At 173k, I think he's been named at center uh, for the Bulldogs. To be honest, I don't actually know that much about him. Um... I think he's played two games, so he's probably going to go up in price this week, but I can't really comment too much on him. I haven't seen him play at all. Um, I try not to watch too many Bulldogs games, to be honest, Um, but maybe he could be a decent option, but I can't really comment any further on him. Um, And as I mentioned, Luke Thompson's probably maybe the only other guy that you want to go for. 65 break even, you could probably wait on him. Um, out of the Raiders, I think CHN is probably the best trade-in target with a 19 break-even, um, and I've given my thoughts on him. I think he's a great trade-in for this week. Bailey Simonson as well with a break-even of 33. I know I made a bit of a joke that he doesn't score that many tries, but playing at fullback this week against the Broncos, Broncos concede an average of 100 points, I think, a week to fullbacks. This might be the week that Bailey Simonson delivers so much of what we were hoping for preseason with a 35 break-even. Um, if he does end up having a big game out of fullback, could be in for a big price rise, so definitely would be holding him if you do have him. And as I mentioned as well, with the Jordan Rapana, 118 break even, you can definitely wait a week on him, but definitely an interesting point of difference center wing, I think, that you could go for. Um, out of the Dragons, I don't think there's too many people I'd be looking to get in. I, I think Ben Hunt, if you wanted to get Ben Hunt, you probably should have gone for him last week when he was coming up against the Broncos, um, and he had a big game scoring 88. At the moment, he's got a break even of 26. Uh, to be honest, I actually, maybe I could have considered him more talking about the hook position um, but with the break even of 26 he could still make a little bit of money this week uh, dragons do have a very very nice run coming up they do come against the bulldogs this week which obviously is a great game uh, so ben hunt potentially could actually be an okay trading target for a hooker uh, but he won't play in round 17 out of the sea eagles there's probably not too much more to comment on maybe you know carl lawton with a minus 16 break even as i mentioned i think there's a bit of risk there so i wouldn't be going for him uh, Tom Trevojevic as well. He's got the biggest break even of 156, although he very easily can match that. Um, and I think, you know, if you've got Turbo at 925k, I think if you wanted to sell him, last week was the week to do it. I think now he'll just miss this game against the Cowboys, but then he'll be back against the Titans and Bulldogs. You want him for those games. Um, I'd be even looking about trading him in uh, next, next week as well, despite the fact that he's got Origin Round 17. Those two games are just too scary to not have Turbo for. Jason Saab as well, he's got a break-even of 110. Um, at 474k, he pretty much peaked in price. But I think with these good games coming up for the Sea Eagles, um, obviously without Tommy Turbo, they might not score that many points and Saab might not benefit as much. But I think if you've got him into the team, you may as well just hold him until round 17, I think. From the Storm, I don't think there's too many more players to be thinking about. Sorry, um, you got Nico Hines with a break-even of 117. I think some people have been thinking about maybe potentially selling him now um, and hopefully making some money. But I think Nico Hines, you know, he's got a still got a very good game this week. Uh, a manageable break-even of 117, I'd say. And I think the time to sell him is when Pappenhausen is back into the team. As soon as Nico Hines goes to the bench, he's a big trade-out target then. He's made so much money for us, which has been really, really handy. And he's a great trade in, uh, trade out sorry, for like a Dave Fafita or like a Tommy Turbo down the line. 
Uh, Brandon Smith, who I probably should have mentioned as well when talking about the hook position, break even at 59. He is very expensive now at 634k. Um, and I feel like maybe the boat has sailed on him if you haven't got him yet already. Um, unless you potentially think that with Grant um, playing Origin, he might not back up. Uh, but I think Harry Grant, you know, will probably play at least 30 to 40 minutes, in my opinion, um, and take some minutes of Brandon Smith. So I don't think I'd be looking to bring in Brandon Smith myself. But obviously, if you brought him in a few weeks back, you'd be laughing. He's had some really, really big scores. Um, and he has got dual flexibility, which does come in handy. Out of the Knights, to be honest, there's not really no one I'm really buying. I think most people are trying to sell their Knights players. You know, Bradley's got a really high, not really high break even, but he's got a break even of 88. Um, Ponga, I think, is probably the guy that everyone's waiting to come back so that hopefully he, you know, kickstarts the whole Knights campaign again. Um, but, you know, even Connor Watson, a break even of 46 is very, very achievable, uh, achievable for him. So I don't think Connor Watson is, is as much of a trade-out target, maybe as some people are making him out to be. Uh, I think Braley, in my opinion, as I said, is more of a trade-out target uh, than Connor Watson. Uh, out of the Cowboys, I don't think, that, again, there's going to be too many players that people are going to be going for. I think maybe Jason Tamalolo, potentially. You know, he's got a break even of 123, 567k. He could be very, very cheap next week. But I just haven't seen enough out of Tamalolo um, to warrant investing him, at least for this season. And I'd probably much prefer, actually, just to go for a CHN this week. Um, and Tamalolo, if he does show some promise in the next few weeks, then maybe it's a good time to get him. But I wouldn't be looking to get him in at least this, not definitely not this week. Um, maybe at best next week or the week after in the Super Trade round. I think Val Holmes, though, is still a good trade and target, even though he is going to back off from Origin and might not be at his fully fit. With a break even of 13, he is very, very expensive now at 655k. I think there is an argument that, you know, Val Holmes is probably going to be a top four center wing. Um, so just locking him into the team as soon as you can is a good way to go about it. Just forget that he plays Origin and just get him into the team as soon as you can. Cowboys have got a pretty decent draw coming up. So I think he could definitely be a good uh, investment for, even for this week because he has got a very, very achievable break even. Next up uh, are the Eels. I, again, I don't think there's too much investment in players. I think a lot of people would have already done their investment in them um, given that they were playing in round 13. Um, so I don't think I'll be commenting too, many on, uh, too much on them. I think a lot of people have probably already got the players that they want from the Eels. Um, out of the Panthers, again, Panthers, a lot of their players are going to be rested this week, so their break-evens won't matter, they won't change in price, um, so I don't think we have to talk about too many players from there. Maybe a Matt Burton we can touch on. He's got a relatively high break-even of 73, but again, playing as the primary number six this week, coming up against the Sharks, he could be in for a decent game, uh, and I think he's still a very good hold, obviously, um, as he always will be the guy to replace Cleary if Cleary is out. From the Sharks, I think we spoke about the two key guys in it, Jesse Ramian and a Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson, break even to 94. So I think he's definitely obviously a good wait and see for another week. He could be like 470k next week. Very, very affordable if you do want to go for him as a point of difference halfback or 5'8". Uh, out of the Rabbitohs, I think we've spoken quite a bit about them. You know, Tyne Mill with a minus 9 break even, again, might be a good uh, cash cow cheapie to go for. Um, but apart from that, I think we've kind of covered the you know the main guys that I think people are going to be getting in in Johnson and Cody Walker. For the Roosters, you know minus forty break even for Swali is the reason why people so many people are on him. Satili uh, Tupanoa with a three break even. I didn't realize his break even was actually that low. Um, there has been some talk potentially that Cordner might come back, but I feel like you know. Tupanua has been doing a very, very solid job on the right edge for the Roosters. I think it'd be very, very harsh for him to lose his position to Cordner if he comes back. So I think Tupanua is still a very good trade-in target who will cover round 17. But they have got tough games against the Panthers and the Storm coming up. 
but I think with that three break even, this might be the cheapest he's going to be for a while. So I think he's still a good second reward to go for, for maybe a Mitch Barnett if you're sick of Barnett essentially. From the Titans, I think the main guy that we're all waiting for is Dave Fafida, 129 break even. Hopefully he only plays maybe 60 minutes against the Roosters, maybe he knocks out like a 60 or 70 and we watch his price tank and we can all pick him up nice and cheap in the next few weeks. Out of the Warriors, you know, Reese Walsh has got a minus 8 break even. He's not playing this week against Storm through suspension. I expect he'll come back straight into the team when he's back. Um, and apart from that, maybe a Cody Nikarima could be an okay trading target as a half tackle 5'8", as I kind of mentioned before. Uh, he's got a break even of 99, so again, it's quite high and he's very expensive compared to, say, like a Cody Walker or an uh, Sean Johnston. Sean Johnston, Sean Johnson, sorry. Um, uh, with a break even of 99 at 596k, you could pick him up in the, in the cheap a few weeks later from now, uh, from now. So I don't think you have to go be rushing to get him in this week. Uh, and finally, on the Tigers, I think Adam Dewey's got the highest break even of 112. I think Dewey's done a fantastic job for any owners, um, and I think he's a very, very safe sell to Cody Walker, in my opinion, um, given that you know, you're know you capitalizing on the Rabbitohs' good draw, and the Tigers have got a pretty tough draw for the next three weeks. So I think Dewey to Cody Walker, in my opinion, makes perfect sense. Dave Nofaluma is another guy who's got a very high break even of 104. Look, the way that I'm seeing Winofaluma, I'm just holding hope that he does well. The Tigers' draw is actually good after round 17 or 18, um, where the end of the season is very uh, very nice. So Winofaluma, I'm happy to just keep as maybe a fourth or fifth center wing. Don't play him every week, um, but he still usually has enough of, the, of those base stats and tackle-breaking stats um, to give a pretty decent floor. The only concern with him is that he's playing on the left um, in the past couple of weeks, um, and the ball for the Tigers just doesn't just it just doesn't go there because they've got Dewey on the right hand side, James Roberts, Luciano Lelua. That's much more of their attacking side. Um, and I guess the other key guy to talk about maybe is a Dane Laurie. Um, Dane Laurie, you know, I think he is fine potentially as a hold for the next few weeks as well. I really like that he's a fullback playing in center wing. We know that the fullback score the most points. Um, in Supercoach, at least for this season so far. Um, his break-even is pretty high as well. Well, sorry, no, it's 29. misread someone else's. Uh, a 29 break-even, so he's, he's probably going to make a little bit more money. But I, th I think at this point in time, you don't view him as like a ca cash cow anymore. You just view him as a play playable center wing. Um, and I think, again, similar to Novaluma, he could be a good fourth or fifth center wing to carry for the rest of the season. So as we get to the end of the video, we'll give a quick shout out to our top scorer in round 13. With Harrison, he scored a massive 1,159 in the round 13 bye week, which is a really, really impressive effort. Um, in our top five group league, James is sitting pretty still at the top um, with a season rank of 217. So he's doing very, very well. Followed by James, Gabriel, Matt, and Andy, who are all sitting in the top 400, doing extremely well. I'm very envious of that position. I'm sitting back at about 3,000th, but hopefully you guys keep going strong for the rest of the season. Well, that's it, guys. That is the round 14 trade targets and preview. Apologies if my voice has been going in and out. It's been it's been a long few days at work, and I've done a lot of talking. Um, but it's really good to be talking some super coach with you guys. Apologies as well if the video is coming out a little bit later than usual, but it has been helpful in that we've been able to get a little bit more concrete news on guys backing up from state of origin. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. As always, we'd really appreciate a thumbs up if you do enjoy the content and a subscription to the channel. Always very very appreciative. But until then, see you guys in the next video.